Today, I'm going to share an important message with you. It's part two of the cost of the anointing. The cost of the anointing, part two, is to protect what you have received. Protect what you have received. In the world, people who become wealthy, they live a normal life. They're not wealthy. They don't have many valuable things. But then when they become wealthy, people in the world, maybe they get a fancy house. They have very expensive things, jewelry, cash, uh, bags, whatever. They have very expensive things, TVs, electronics, whatever. Tons of, of valuable things. They have to change something in their life. They need to invest in a security system, right? There could be some people that, that are lazy and don't feel like adapting and changing to this new level they have gone to. They, do, they, they, hear, this, they hear the cost of, of a security system to get, in, to get it installed. Some people might even need um, security guards. They hear the cost to have security guards, they say, I don't want to waste money on these things. I didn't have to waste money on those things before. It, they see it as this pain and they just decide to risk it. And they'll end up losing the valuable things they have. So it's obviously worth it to invest, even though it costs money, it's worth it to invest in security, right? If you really value these things. So there could be some people who are lazy, who maybe have poverty mindset, who don't value, they don't value. Maybe it was easy come. Their wealth was easy come to them. Easy come, easy go. So they're not valuing it. And so there might be people like that and they're gonna end up losing their valuables. But then there are people who are wise and they will invest in security. They don't care the cost, they know it's worth it because they're gonna lose all of their riches if they don't, right? It's a no-brainer and it's important. Their security is important. In the same way, in the spiritual realm, you need to invest in, in a security system. You need to invest in a spiritual security or you're gonna lose the valuable, precious anointing that God has given you. Because the same way in the world, there are robbers and they are thieves and there are people out to steal what's valuable. In the same way, there is the devil who is trying to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to steal. He's roaring around like a lion. Thieves and robbers do not steal things that are not valuable. So that's why that person in the world, they really have to change their mindset. They can't just... Um, risk it like think oh I'll be, i've been fine all my life i've never dealt with there's probably not that many robbers out there i don't need to get this security system they, they don't know they're naive because nothing they had before was valuable so robbers are not going to go there so in the same way in the spiritual realm when you have what is valuable the anointing when you're carrying the anointing it is what the devil sees as the most valuable thing valuable, the valuable powerhouse that will destroy his kingdom. So he's after it. So when you come to a place of where the anointing is flowing, this is where you're going to find deliverance taking place because that's God's system of delivering people. It doesn't come, he doesn't come from the sky and deliver, but he has this system of pouring anointing in vessels. He has this system of having 
church, the body of Christ, the fivefold ministry, and through vessels releases the anointing to cast out demons and to equip and to impart. That's God's system. So you come to the place where God's anointing is. You then receive deliverance like many have today. And as soon as you have received deliverance, even just, let's say you just received deliverance, but yet you're not this like powerful vessel of God yet walking in the power yet because it doesn't happen immediate. God has to test you. It doesn't come easy. There's lots of parts to the cost of the anointing. You have to be a trustworthy vessel. So come in and receive freedom. This is just part of our inheritance from God. So that you can just be an atheist one day and the next day come to Jesus and God can deliver you and cast the demons out right there. But even when you don't, even when you're not carrying the power of God to cast out demons yourself, you are still so much of a threat to the devil's kingdom. The deliverance you have received is so valuable, is so powerful to destroy the devil's kingdom because of the power of your testimony. The power of your testimony. The devil has been hiding the truth from the whole world, from the body of Christ, that these issues you're having, that when you're, since age three, you've had this issue that doesn't make sense, that it's actually demonic and you can receive freedom from it. Jesus can free you, completely free you, completely uproot it from you, not cover it, make it a little better, take it away completely. That's the greatest news in the whole world. That's the greatest wealth anybody can have, is Jesus and the life he brings. Relationship with Jesus and the abundant life he brings, the freedom he brings. There's nothing more valuable in the world. And so when news gets out about this, and it is getting out, we got somebody here from Thailand who got freed from France, who got freed. Word's getting out. The devil is shaking in his boots. The devil already is defeated. He's already defeated. But he's still, like in the spiritual realm, he's still allowed to attack. We can have victory every single time. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. When we're serious about putting, strapping up our boots, putting our armor of God on, and going from being a lazy civilian Christian who doesn't do anything in the spiritual realm, but just attends church, and going into being a warrior of God, being serious in the spirit, rejecting the devil's lies, not being lazy, but going to work in the spiritual realm and surrendering to God. When you surrender to God and you go to work in the spiritual realm, meaning you're on call every day as a warrior of God, not just to minister to others, but to maintain freedom, to no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means you have to be on guard to not make them to prosper to reject the lies. Lies coming, I reject you. Not do, 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 do. I wanna live my lukewarm Christian life and do whatever. And just the, 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 the weapons are coming and you're not doing anything. You're not in the spirit. So you will have constant victory. It's no big deal that we're in a war. We, we, we were like, whatever, we have victory all the time. It's a joyous life. It's not annoying when you can be surrendered to God and live this glorious life of being a warrior for God and being powerful in his kingdom. But some people are lazy. Some people 
want to stay civilian, don't want to enlist in the army of God and be a warrior. And so what I'm talking about right now, when I'm saying you need to invest in your spiritual security, I'm talking about you need to be serious yourself about being a warrior of God and protecting what God has given you. It's your part that you have to play in this. You have to be serious. This is a cost. It's a cost from not being lazy anymore. It's a cost to enlist in the army of God and be a warrior and go to work every day in the spirit. That's part of the cost of the anointing. That's part of the cost of maintaining your freedom and receiving the anointing to be a powerful vessel of God. Devil's not playing games. So you gotta mean serious business with Jesus if you wanna protect this anointing. The devil is looking after who's not serious. And that's where he attacks. As he's, the, the Bible says he roars around like a lion seeking whom he can devour. He's looking to see who's not serious. Who doesn't see the value of what they have? So I'm letting you know, you have to be aware. The Bible says to be aware, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Be sober, well-balanced. Be alert and cautious at all times. So this is step one, how to protect the anointing, is you have to know that what you have is valuable. If you have deliverance itself alone, even if you have not you know, received the powerful anointing to walk in God's power yet, let's say it's day one of you being free, it's so powerful what you have. The devil doesn't want your testimony getting out because that means his kingdom is going down more and more and more. It's really bad news for the devil when you're delivered. Your testimony is so powerful to destroy the devil's kingdom. Because, oh my goodness, that's all the world needs for their eyes to open up is just to hear the good news. It's just to hear the testimony. That's all the world needs to hear. That's how this revival has spread. It's just from videos been sharing. Do you hear what's happening? Do you hear this testimony? You can be free. God can free you of this. So you need to be aware the moment you're delivered, what you're carrying already, that anointing, that freedom, and that anointing deposited in you, the devil does not want you to keep. And number two, to be a powerful vessel of God, you need equipping. As it says in Ephesians 4.11, God gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the body of Christ, of the saints, so that you would no longer be immature, but you would be strong, victorious, mature vessels of God. I'm paraphrasing the, the scripture. But when you're receiving this equipping, that's when you'll be strong and mature and victorious over the devil. You cannot be a powerful vessel of God just on your own. You need the equipping. And one of the biggest ways that God releases his anointing for you to be a powerful vessel of God walking in his power, which is God's will for all of you, one of the biggest ways of his systems of releasing it is impartation from an anointed vessel of God imparting to you like Elijah to Elisha, Apostle Paul to Timothy, especially in this revival right now. That's the major, major way that people are going to be walking in the anointing of God is being positioned where the power of God is, planted 
where God has led you to be, where the power of God is. Being equipped, receiving this equipping, the fivefold ministry equipping, and receiving impartation. So I've got news for you. The devil is very upset that you, you who are planted here, that you are planted at Fivefold Church where God's power is moving because you are on track to receive impartation, to be equipped, and to fulfill your purpose on this earth of being a powerful vessel of God. You need to see the difference between being planted where the power of God is not and being planted where the power of God is. You need to see the difference, how the devil sees you right now. Before, no threat. Now, serious threat. So the devil, as I shared, he's allowed to still try to attack. So be expectant that he's going to try to pluck you away and take you from where God's anointing is. So many people don't realize the, the, the importance of being planted where God's power is. Oh, so many people don't realize that. But the devil knows. It's a spiritual principle in the, in the kingdom of God. The devil knows this. And so you need to be aware. Just like when you install in the world's way a security system, you, you, you know exactly what you need to be protecting. You know exactly, okay, well, I need to get a safe here, for example. You know the strategy of the potential robbers. You know exactly what it's going to be, what they're going to be after. You need to know in the spiritual realm what the devil is going to try to be after in your life. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest areas is trying to pluck you from where God's power is or try to keep you from coming. Maybe you've received deliverance, but you're not planted yet. Try to keep you from being planted because it's so powerful. The more powerful vessels of God on this earth, the more the devil's kingdom goes down. So this is what you don't understand. Many people don't understand. Lukewarm Christians are no threat to the devil. So there's not going to be attacks the way there is on anointed vessels of God. The devil likes for people to stay in the lukewarm church. He loves it because it's going along with his narrative that God's dead. His false narrative that miracles don't happen anymore. His false narrative that you can't be free. You need to go to the doctor for that or counseling. The lukewarm church goes along with the devil's narrative. So he's, he's fine with people staying there. He doesn't want to try to bring them out. So if this is your first time being planted where God's power is, or, or your first, maybe if you're not planted yet, your first time receiving, you need to be aware of the devil's schemes to try to pluck you. It will happen. If you've not experienced it yet, I'm telling you it's coming. And God allows it. Every time the devil attacks, when God, God will allow it because it, it's a testing. He uses it as a testing. God is testing if you treasure him and his anointing. If you value it, it's a test. Many people, they, they, they don't pass the test because they don't value it. They lose their deliverance. They don't receive the anointing. I don't know why I'm not walking in the power of God. Well, you've, you've lost tests because you don't value it. That's why so many people are easily deceived. They're not valuing it. So they're not going in the spirit. Like I'm teaching you right now how to go in the spirit. Like I got to be aware that that verse says, be aware, be sober, be cautious. This is not a general statement. It's speaking of knowing exactly the ways the enemy is going to try to come. 
like my car, specifically my car, I, I, I'm extra cautious to lock it because that's more valuable than other things. I'm more cautious specifically over the car than if I left my sweatshirt sitting over there or something. I, well, I'm not so, oh, my precious sweat. No, I value the car. So I take more intention. I know the threat. I know that people are going to want to steal it. And so in the same way, you have to, for this, this, this scripture of saying, be vigilant, be sober-minded, be cautious, be aware at all times, you have to know exactly what to be aware of. You need to know the devil strategically, the, the thing he's going to attack the most, he's going to try to deceive you the most, in, is having to do with the precious anointing you've received, the deliverance you've received. Um, he wants to take you away from being planted so you can maintain your freedom. He wants to take you away from being planted where you can walk in God's power and be equipped and receive impartation. So once you are aware of this, you can discern and spot the devil's schemes. When you're not aware of this, you are tossed back and forth like the wind. This is why it's a good thing you wear the fivefold ministry. It says in Ephesians 4.11, then you will no longer be tossed back by shifting doctrines like the wind. So you are being taught now. This is a devil's scheme. You're being prepared now. And so you're, you have this knowledge in the spiritual realm. So now you're having this discernment when the devil's coming, when lies are coming, false accusations coming, certain feelings you're having inside, you know, oh, this is the devil. I know exactly what he's trying to do. I've been prepared. And I've been prepared of how to protect what I have received, how to protect this anointing, how to protect where I'm planted. So I know what's going on. I know what to do. And I will be safe from the devil's scheme. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, Matthew 10, 16, it says, listen carefully, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So this is the thing. Most times people are like innocent as doves, like, oh, the anointing, oh, revival, and we're supposed to be innocent as doves, but we also need to be wise as a serpent. We need to grow up, get rid of this naivety. Amen? You learn how to grow up when, if you really want to be anointed. <laughs> God will take all that naivety away from you real quick. Um, I used to be naive. I used to be naive, very naive, very naive. I've... It's all gone away in the past four years. <laughs> four and a half years, or five, no, five and a half years, I don't know. Years that's gone by. Because what happens is, um, okay, when you're anointed, the devil sends his biggest attacks. He tries to stop you. He sends out the big guns. So you, you're confronted with evil like you've never seen before. Like you didn't know was out there. <laughs> You didn't know people could be so evil, especially Christians, people that call themselves Christians. You, you don't, you will not know it until you become where God's anointing is. And then even more so when you're anointed yourself, you will not know it. But it's like, this is the devil's scheme to send out attacks through people, evil attacks towards the anointed. They can never be justified attacks. When it's God's true anointed, it's an evil attack sent from the devil. There's no good in it. There's no um, sense to it. It's pure evil to destroy, to try to stop the work of God, to try to stop the vessel of God, to try to stop the ministry. 
And so that's what I mean. The evil you see, you're like, whoa. <laughs> so first of all, I want to share with you in the Bible what we see happen. I'm going to share with you. I'm, I'm equipping you right now how to be how to protect, like how to know how to spot these attacks. So you already are prepared for these attacks. Some of you have already gone through these and you'll be you'll be I see already a lot of people shaking their heads. Yeah. So a lot of this is gonna you're gonna be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been through this and you've had victory already. I'm so proud of you. So many of you had victory already. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. God's so proud of you. God's so proud of God's so proud of you. But some of you, you haven't had these yet. You haven't had these um uh, these tests yet. And so I'm going to be, pre be preparing you of what to look out for, of how you'll be able to know, oh, I, I learned about this. Devil, you can't trick me. I know your schemes. And I say, no, devil, not today. Amen. So first of all, we need to look at the word of God to see how the devil works, to see how the devil works in this area, because he has the same tricks today. We can see how servants of God ministries were attacked and then we can know that they'll be attacked the same way today. So first of all, we see, we see that throughout the word of God, from Old Testament to New Testament, the servants of God were incredibly hated and rejected by a lot of people. First of all, we see um, Moses was rejected. Moses was chosen by God to lead out mil millions of, so many of children of God who had been in slavery for hundreds of years, God moved through Moses and delivered all of them. One would think they would, they would really know he's really from God. And whoa, it worked, you know, listening to what he said before. <laughs> Maybe we should keep honoring him and listening to him and trusting that God's using him, right? One would think after they saw all of those mighty wonders, the splitting of the sea, and then the sea crashing over their enemies. But even then, the people ended up rejecting Moses. In Acts 7.35, it says, this is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge. He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. Also, we see in the first King 19 that prophet Elijah, he was hated so much by Jezebel um, because he was a servant of God and he was doing wonders for God and God was getting glory through him and God's kingdom was advancing through him, um, that she was sending death threats. He ends up running, try, running, try to running, hide and run, run from her, even asking God to take him. He was so, it was that serious of an attack of hate and rejection and trying to kill through a person, through a real life person. It was that intense, okay? Elijah was a pure, true servant of God. So the devil hates the anointing. He hates the anointed ones. And so he sends his biggest guns through people to try to stop them because that will make the, the work of God that's going forth through them to stop. And then we also see with Jesus, he was extremely hated and extremely rejected as well. Matthew 13, verse 54, uh, this is a Passion Translation. When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. 
Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said to one another, where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous power? Isn't he just the ward worker's son? Isn't his mother named Mary and his four brothers, Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah, and don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? How did he get all this revelation and power? And the people became offended and began to turn against him. What? Wait, so it went from amazement to intense hate. It says the great unbelief kept him from doing any mighty miracles in Nazareth. He could just do a couple, just heal a couple. So, but you know, you got to read between the lines of the scripture here. It wasn't like, how did he get all this revelation and power? Wow, Jesus, I humble myself before you. Tell me your secrets. See, sometimes you're reading the, the scripture, not with the Holy Spirit revelation. It says, how did he get all this revelation and power? It wasn't like that. How did he get all this revelation and power? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't, there's something funky going on here. I don't, I don't know about this. I got a weird feeling about this. He's from Nazareth. This cannot be. And then they were offended. Da, 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 da. So they jumped to conclusions. So they, they were in awe. They were like, huh? But like when, when, when that happens, when a person's like, what? Oh, they see the power of God. The, the humble will be like how I, the first example. Wow. I'm seeing wonders. And I'm hearing revelation that my spirit's resounding, like jumping. I've never heard this before. I humble myself. How did you receive this anointing? Tell me the secrets. I want to know too, so I can receive it too. And you know, that's the humble way. But if you don't humble yourself, the devil jumps on that opportunity real quick. He knows when one's not humble and he will send accusations in the head and through other people, but he will send false accusations. He will send lies. He will send all this skepticism and criticism. So Jesus, I mean, Jesus was, was nothing but pure. All the miracles and revelation was pure. I mean, 100% pure, not 99% pure, 100% pure. But even Jesus, these people saw him as, as like demonic, saw these wonders and this revelation as creepy and strange and skepticism filling their minds. Even Jesus. So what about today? If that happened to Jesus, how much more is that going to happen to people who are not Jesus, but are vessels of Jesus? The same attacks happen because it's to Jesus himself that the devil's attacking. So the way Jesus was attacked there, the devil's going to attack anointed vessels, anointed ministries in the same way. The same exact way. So that's something for you to be aware of. Um, number one, even in your own heart, make sure you humble yourself or you'll be like them. You'll see something you've never seen before. You'll see power of God. Some people are like that. They're like, that was too easy. There must be something weird about that. Because I've never seen that before. I mean, I've never seen that before. So it's just that skepticism instead of having hope, you know, and awe and wonder of Jesus that he can do anything, that he can do a new thing. So you have to be aware that if you're not humble, the devil's going to hop on you like that. You got to be aware of these thoughts in your head. They are not, many of them are not your original thoughts. And this explains now why so many of you hear chatter, this kind of chatter. 
and gossip and words from other people. Because people who are not humble, people who are not serious about protecting the anointing are going to fall prey to the devil's schemes in this area. So anointed vessels will be hated and rejected just because they're anointing, anointed. Just because of the powerful revelation they're releasing that has never been heard before <laughs> from the Holy Spirit. And because of the miracles that people haven't seen before. Or the ease at the miracles taking place. They will be hated and rejected just because of that. Just the same way Jesus was. So the moral of the story in the word of God here is to know just because someone's rejected and hated by people doesn't mean you're supposed to immediately be skeptical and there's truth to it. <laughs> if you know the word of God, you'll see. If you know the word of God, you'll see, of course, if, if people are not hating and rejecting and saying all sorts of weird things about a, a, a minister of God, they're not really anointed. Just like the robbers do not go and try to steal from a house that doesn't have valuables. This is why lukewarm ministers do not have any kind of false accusations or anything. Some of them just have their own scandals that are like real scandals. <laughs> but they, they don't have haters. People are fine with them. This is, it's just the word of God. This is why. So for you to have this knowledge of the word of God, now you won't be so rattled. Why did this person say this? Should I be concerned? You'll be like, I know exactly what's going on here. It's the word of God coming up to life. The people were in awe and wonder. The next moment they are offended and they are coming against him. Okay, also, also, um, I want to mention this right here about Jesus. That passage that I just read just shares how the people were like, he's from Nazareth. His father's the woodworker. And in a different scripture, different people could not re receive Jesus because they knew where he was from. And Nazareth was just like an ordinary small town. It wasn't a big city of significance where like amazing, powerful people came from, important people came from. Like for example, LA, you know, is known that like many good actors and stuff come from there, right? So in the same way, it'd be like so hard to believe that this really t small town could produce talent like that or something. So that's how they were thinking. They were like, how could this be the Messiah? He's from Nazareth. And his, and his dad was not um, some important religious person for him to, be, to learn from and to have the proper doctrine from. He came from the, the woodworker, the carpenter. So this his whereabouts, these circumstances in his own life made it really easy for people to hate him and reject him and be skeptical of him. And also there were certain things like the Pharisees um, didn't want him to heal on the Sabbath or I mean, they, he healed on the Sabbath and the Pharisees caught him doing that and were like, you're going against the word of God. But why, why did God have to have that? I mean, if God wanted more people to accept Jesus and it, for it to be easier for Jesus to be accepted, why didn't God just have that miracle happen on a different day? If God wanted Jesus to be so easily, to be easier accepted so more people could receive, let's say, at that time, why did he make him be from Nazareth and his father be a carpenter? Like there was a lot of things stacked up against Jesus, you know, that made it not easy for people to receive, that made it easy for skepticism to come.
God knew what he was doing. God orchestrated all this. I've learned this about God. He chooses the weak and foolish things to confound the wisdom of this world. God does not want to go along with the wise and proud. God does not want everyone to easily accept his people. He wants them to value his anointing. So he takes them through tests. And so God, God wants everyone to ease, receive the anointing easily, of course, but it, it's, not, it's so precious and valuable that humility is required. So he makes there to be tests. So I found this, I found this in my own life. Like I resonate so much with these like things that were stacked up against Jesus, like how I, even my own life, like all of these specific tacks that I faced in my life from people. And I just see like God allowed all this. God, even the fact that like I'm a woman, you know, like it'd be a lot easier, God, if I was a man, you know, more people would accept. There's so many things, so many things that could have been different about my life that God could have done differently about just my background, my, my, my spiritual father, everything could have been different and there would be less skepticism and criticism and um, it'd be easier. But God wanted it to be this way. He wants us to be foolish. Like to look foolish to people. Like this doesn't make sense. That's what God wants for two reasons. Number one, so that, so that people, people can be confounded and humble themselves. So that the pride can't just keep being pride, but that they could be humbled and that they could come and receive when they're humble. So God gets the glory, not the prideful people. The prideful people can't have their way. Amen. God has to have his way. God can't bend to the prideful people who want things their way. And, and so God has this way where it's the humble that receive the kingdom. The children receive the kingdom, the childlike. And so he creates these, he wants you to be criticized as an anointed vessel of God. Like he puts these things in place, like you being from Nazareth and your dad being a carpenter and he has you heal on the Sabbath instead of a Tuesday. God, God does it this way. It's for his people to be able to, to humble themselves and receive the kingdom so his truth can come out. Otherwise, his truth won't come out. Otherwise, what we'd be doing, ministering, it, would be, it wouldn't align with the word of God, such as only the humble can receive. Only the childlike can receive the kingdom. It, it doesn't, it's going against the word of God. We got, this is part of how we go along with God's word, right? Of receiving him. And number two, for the vessel, God, there's a cost of this anointing for you to walk in God's power. And so God has to rip you of your reputation completely, strip you. God has to just take you through the fire so you don't care what people think and that people's opinions don't bother you at all and that your faith would grow so much in God that you know that just as he was a defender of his servants of God and a vindicator of his servants of God in the Bible, he will be for you too. But the only way for him to produce this big faith in you, big faith in that way, and the molding of the heart where you only care what God thinks and not people, the only way that can come is through this criticism, through this hate coming at you. 
and false accusations coming at you. So that's why. That's why. So I've seen some people, they think things come easy. And so sometimes they think when there's false accusations, when there's chatter and all of this controversy about a ministry or a servant of God, they feel like they don't want the drama or something. Or they feel like maybe that means something. But this is just evidence and proof that Jesus is really there. You know, it's just the word of how the word of God is. And so if you want the anointing, you, you have, there's a cost. This is part of the cost. Part of the cost is, is dealing with the chatter and not letting it get to you, you know, is, and, and for you to be an anointed vessel is to deal with it and not care what anybody thinks, but see that it's worth it to serve God. It's worth it to have haters. It's worth it for all the stupid devil drama. It's worth it. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. There's one second area I want to um, share with you about how the devil's going to come to try to take you from where the anointing is. So, okay, here we go. This is where I lost my naivety so much. I'm going to share with you right now about how evil Christians can be. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I grew up in a home with the most pure parents ever. I love you, mom and dad. I know they watch all the time. They're obsessed with what God's doing. Hallelujah. Yeah. We... We grew up, I was the one that introduced them to the power of God. I was the one that said, God moves in power today, mom and dad. I saw demons cast out and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'm speaking in tongues. I was the one that told them, they knew nothing about casting out demons, that demons existed. People could be healed by the power of God, the anointing, baptism of the Holy Spirit. They knew none of that. But now they're baptizing the Holy Spirit. They're baptizing the Holy Spirit in my room at three in the morning. When my mom woke up with a dream of her speaking in tongues and I prayed for her and the, both of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit right there. And, and now they're, they're, they're just, it's their biggest passion is to tune in, join us all live. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, but anyways, I grew up with the most amazing parents. They're so pure. They are the, if you could spend time with them, you'd be like, wow, they're the most pure, precious, childlike, um, humble people you ever meet. They, I, growing up, I never heard them talk bad about anybody. Never. They didn't have like judgment in them at all. And they didn't have any kind of like know-it-all in them at all. Never. It was so beautiful growing up. Okay, so that's what I grew up with. They never heard them swear. They never lied. And so that's how I was raised. And then all of a sudden, I didn't know people lied. <laughs> Glory to God. God just like convicted me my whole life to not lie. Like, you just don't do that. Like, that's like wrong. Like, duh. Like, you know what I mean? But holy cow. Christians lie, like make up lies. Some of them do. It's crazy, man. You won't believe the lies that I've heard spoken about me come, coming out of thin air about every day. It's crazy. I say it with a smile, just like, it's just, I've lost my naivety. I didn't know that there was this kind of evil out there. <laughs> um, so we see this in the word of God, though. You know the story of Joseph? Joseph, son of Jacob, um, so he ends up finally in Egypt and he was this servant 
and um, this the the wife of his the master the one above him the king she tries to sleep with him she on her husband and sleep with him but he's a noble man of god and so he runs from her but this lady makes up a pure lie not even a one percent truth in it that he tried to sleep with her and that got him put in prison also jesus the Pharisees said confidently, he uses demonic powers to cast out demons. Not, there's something strange. I've never seen power about the, power like this. I'm not quite sure if it's God's power. Maybe it's demonic powers. No, they confidently said, he is for sure using demonic powers to cast out demons. Come on, that's a pure lie. That was about Jesus. So... What should we expect today? You guys are getting out of the naivety life today. Hallelujah, join the club. This is us growing in the spirit. This is us growing in the spirit. So this will happen today. People will literally purely make up lies. The devil will use somebody to make up pure lies. I, I still don't understand it to this day, like how what's going through their head. Like how they can live with that, I don't know. I can't tell you much about it other than just the devil's real, evil's out there. Unfortunately, people have open doors and it happens, okay? That's all I know. So we have to be aware of that. The Bible says this powerful wisdom, Proverbs 18, 17, there are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. There are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. So, you know, this verse is interesting because it's pretty much saying like the first one is always wrong. It's not saying that. It's not saying that, of course, like it's not saying that verbatim, but the Lord was giving me revelation about this scripture, about how when it comes to the work of God, when it comes to uh, vessels of God who carry fruit, this, it's, this verse is speaking on that. The first one sounds true, and then the second, what the second one is, the second side of the story is actually the truth. So if you have seen true fruit from an anointed vessel, an anointed ministry, if you've seen and tasted true fruit, please be aware of the devil's schemes to lie. He is, he is the ultimate liar, the father of lies, right? So please be aware of his scheme. And remember that verse that says, the first one sounds true until you hear the second. And the second one is actually the, the second side of the story. The reason the first one, the, the reason the first one, the first one sounds like the truth is because we are naive. By and large, we, we are naive until today. Amen. But we are like, we, we, we hear someone say something and we're like, why would, why would someone make up a lie? That's our natural instinct. Why would someone make up a lie? And they're sounding so confident in it and serious. Just like the Pharisees, right? Just like the woman that said, he tried to sleep with me, send him in prison. Right, that's why it sounds like truth. So you have to, I'm going in deep today. You have to be really discerning, okay? You have to be really aware that there will be these lies coming against the true anointing, amen? Be aware of them, don't just receive them. This is the devil's scheme to try to take you away. Hallelujah. Okay, lastly, I'm going to share this scripture. 
Matthew 13, 11, the Passion Translation. You've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth, yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. So he's speaking right now of people who are not humble. What I teached on last week, that these revelations cannot come to them. I'm speaking to them. I'm sharing these revelations. Like I have a, oh, I, did, I haven't shared this with you all. I wrote a book. It's called The Secret of the Anointing. And it's coming out August 1st. And I'm so excited to share it with you. So I wrote a book, The Secrets of the Anointing. I, I, in this book, I'm, I'm writing these revelations. I mean, really, if you follow everything in this book, you will be a powerful anointed vessel of God, I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart if you take it to heart, the, the words. But I'm not leaving things out. I am releasing the revelation. So this is what Jesus is speaking about. He's releasing this revelation, but not everyone receives it. They can't hear it. They can't. The words are right there. So there will be some that read the book and they don't change at all because they are not humble. So they, are, they can't understand it. They're like, what is this? And then skepticism comes in them and they're like, ah, is this right? I don't know if this is right. This is what Jesus is talking about. But you who have open, teachable hearts can receive. So, um, okay, verse 15, their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and hard of hearing, and they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and I would instantly heal them. But blissful are your eyes, for they see. Delighted are your ears, for they are open to hear all these things. Many prophets and godly people yearn to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Now you are ready to hear the explanation of the parable of the sower. What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. So a seed was sown, the word of God, the revelation, the anointing was sown to this person who listened, who received, but they did not understand it. The devil then came and took it away. So this is talking about people who are not humble, people who are okay with lukewarm Christianity, people who do not humble themselves to understand and receive, but they stay with skepticism. Verse 20, the one sown on gravel represents a person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't seek deeply into his heart. This is speaking of people who don't value this message I'm sharing today. Oh, I love this. This is amazing. The anointing, the freedom I've received. This is great. Hallelujah but not really valuing, not valuing enough to be serious in the spiritual realm, not valuing like, I cannot lose this, what I've, what I've received. 
And I know the devil wants to take me from here. He wants to make me bound again. He doesn't want me to walk in my calling. He doesn't want me to be anointed. What I received is so precious and the devil doesn't want me to have it more than anything. So I need to be cautious at all times, aware, vigilant, sober for this devil that's roaring around like a lion. I'm not going to be quick to, to believe things that, that a lot of false accusations and gossip and all of that. I'm going to be aware. I'm going to take this seriously. So the people who do not do that, but that are just like, this is wonderful. Oh, have you, have you, have you experienced this anointing, the power of God? It's amazing. But they're just like casually taking it very casually, not being serious. So then the devil comes in his sneaky ways and they become deceived. They don't see that it's the devil trying to take them and they didn't value what they had. So they're just easily taken. The one sown among thorns represents one who received the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart and his, his ambition for wealth in suffocating the kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. This is for those who are not surrendered to God, those who have open doors in their life, those who are lukewarm, those who don't want to give everything to Jesus. If you aren't surrendered, God gives you some grace, but if you're coming here, if you're coming to where God's anointing is and you're not surrendered for a while, you're not going to be able to stay. You're going to be like this. You, you really got to take Jesus seriously and give him your whole life if you want this abundant life that he has for you. Amen. Verse 23. But what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. This is, this is what God wants for you, that your soil would be rich. How does your soil be rich? Is when you value what you have received. And you take it seriously being a warrior of God, being serious about, you're, you're aware of this lion every single day and you're not going to let him take what you've received. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.